2: hello and welcome to front and nationwide this is the athletics dedicated blue jackets podcast aaron ports i'm with you allison lucan is here hello and we kind of finally sort of have some news allison uh, taylor
3: swift's new album is coming out
2: wow uh who's new album is coming? of um, let me first get to this because I hate to to um, pimp our own product. No, I don't. But the uh, Blue Jackets fan survey is up on the athletic website right now. Yes, last check we had uh, 1,236 responses, which wow. is good that you can form a lot of interesting uh input from that. And we're going to let it go until early next week, and sort of write a piece off of what the results mean and how interesting they are. But there's 27 questions. Um, I would have preferred 25, but they were just so damn good, we couldn't take two of them away. But hop on there and give it a uh, give it a look and and weigh in if you would. Um, I think it'll be fun for you. I promise you, it's so much so much easier than the trivia question, which was a real beast. Uh, back in May. This one you, you can't be wrong with this one. It's your opinion. So um Allison, let's do a little skit here for the people. We like to do skits sometimes. Um we're gonna yes. we're gonna recreate how the negotiations went between the players and the owners. Uh now the owners went to the players and asked for I probably they don't do sheepishly well. Uh the owners don't but they asked for a little something give back on the CBA and the, the memorandum of understanding that the two sides reached just months ago. And it kind of went like this. I'll be the owner. You be the players. Um, Allison, can I have some of that money back that I promised you? No. Okay. I'm glad we were able to clear that hurdle. <laughs> and now we'll move on to other things. That's kind of how it went. The, uh, <laughs> the owner said, we'd like a little bit back. And the player said, no, not unless you're going to do this, this, and this. So they move on Uh, one hurdle sort of cleared out of the way. Anyways, the other thing that they have to figure out is how they want to formulate this season and when they can start. Now we talked about this, Allison, the big challenge for these guys right now, anybody can make a schedule. Anybody can guess how many games they should play. The tough part for them is going to be how to play in the midst of this uh, pandemic and what, are your thoughts uh, on that because that's that's the big one still right
3: for sure and you know it's going to be interesting there's been some ideas floated around are they going to try and minimize travel for example fly in the morning of um they are they have historically flown out after a game um they'll still need hotels um just you know for their day planning and resting and meetings and such but um will that change how will they protect themselves even being on a chartered flight you know that there's going to be staff on that flight you know how are those people protected it it, it can mimic a little bit of a bubble but as we have seen with other sports namely the NFL you're still going to be coming in contact with risk and yeah. so it's going to be very interesting and it's going to be interesting to see what the rules become about rescheduling and canceling we're seeing that effect in sports all over the place too so who's to say how this truly shakes out in terms of number of games and schedule
2: yeah it's going to be a huge challenge full marks to the league for pulling off the bubble it wasn't perfect it couldn't be perfect but it was a it went about as well as anybody could have anticipated. Uh be curious to see how they do it now. If they needed a bubble then, and the the virus is so much worse than it was then, um, it is so much worse now than it was then. I, I they're gonna have to do something significant. You they want to play fifty-six games. You see how the divisions have been broken, and we'll get up to that we'll get to that in a second. But I've heard too of maybe um I guess if you have multiple bubbles, at some point they cease to be bubbles. But if you put a cluster of teams in one pod and have them play against each other for a week or so at a time and then move on to the next pod, um, so things like that have been discussed too. One thing we should we should work in here, uh, and it, it doesn't really mean all that much right now, but as of today, the understanding... Is that the Blue Jackets, per Ohio law, Columbus law would be applicable as well, would be allowed to play in nationwide arena as long as there are no fans. And there would obviously be many, many more uh, requirements to that. Um, But so it is possible. You know, you look at San Jose and you look at what Northern California, San Francisco area, um, basically the 49ers left and they've set up camp in Arizona now. Uh, because they were not able to play in California. I, you can't imagine the San Jose Sharks would be able to play. So some teams, based upon their state situation, may not be able to play. Uh, Columbus, at this point, appears to be a team that would be able to play. Um, quickly, some dates as they're kind of kicking about right now. The start of training camp for teams that did not make the bubble, I like think there were seven of them, would be December 28th. It's a three- or four-day head start the Blue Jackets and other bubble teams uh, would celebrate New Year's Day with the start of training camp, and then the season. Oh. The season that could be a slow start for a lot of guys. Um, the season then would start on January 13. They hope to get 56 games in. Allison, thoughts on all of that?
3: Well, <laughs> that New Year's Day camp start is kind of a a, a kick in the in the delicate spaces. Yes. Um, that's always been something to see if the coach is going to make the team come in that day. Um, even though there may not be large celebrations this year, I'm sure people would enjoy celebrating with their families. But um, yeah, I mean, I, it, the dates seem to make sense, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that those teams that didn't make the playoffs wanted even more time, Yep. right? I mean, how look at how long they've been off. But um, this all falls in line with what, has happened historically and what we kind of presumed would happen less preseason games, which I'm sure is a cause for celebration for many. Um, I, I am curious to watch while we're talking about at the NHL level. I am curious to watch how camps go because we're hearing, you know, smaller camps, fewer players. When we look at the trickle down effect to the smaller leagues, how are we feeding the development? I think of a player like Trey Fix Wolanski, for example. You know, how, how are yep. these guys going to get their touch, their looks? Um, the the long term effects of this, in many ways, are more compelling to me than what's going to happen this season.
2: Yeah, and we're not even really talking about what the AHL might be able to do.
3: Right, exactly.
2: Uh, I think there are some East Coast leagues, believe it or not, uh, East Coast League teams actually playing already. Wow, and there are like eight teams that have already canceled the season. Right, um, right. Which is gotta love the coast. Um, but along with with these, uh, this is all still some some news from this week. The Athletic and TSN's Pierre LeBrun um, broke out what the divisions would look like uh, because there's going to have to be a Canada only division because the, uh, travel across the border is, will e- is either impossible or at least requires a quarantine. So that's not exactly feasible. So all of Canada goes into one division, which is probably a lot of people in Canada are thinking, that's the way it should be. Let's just have seven teams in this league. This would be ideal. Um, but in order to do that, so teams like Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, are, are basically coming out of the east and going into all canada so the divisions have been switched around a little bit the blue jackets and this is tentative not signed off just yet but it sure looks this way would be in a division this thing needs a name uh, carolina chicago the blue jackets detroit florida minnesota nashville tampa bay now you've got Teams, uh, you're losing teams from the Metro. The Blue Jackets are losing a lot of teams from the Metro, six of them. The Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, Pittsburgh, and Washington, all out of the Blue Jackets division for this year. That's a pretty, pretty radical change. They're gaining three teams from the Atlantic. Detroit, Florida, and good friends Tampa Bay come into the division. And they're gaining from the West, Chicago, Minnesota, and Nashville. Now, if those if those teams sound familiar, in, in the case of Chicago and Nashville, add Detroit to that list, that's sort of the old Central getting back together again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we've got some friends there, uh, some familiar foes, certainly. But again, that Blue Jackets division tentatively discussed for this season would be Carolina, Chicago, the Blue Jackets, Detroit, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. Allison, when I rattle those teams off, and I know a lot's changed, and a lot changes from year to year, the only team there that scares me is Tampa Bay. Okay. I think that's the softest division in 2021 based on paper, and I wonder how you feel about the Blue Jackets' chances in that division.
3: Well, you know who I'm going to call out because I like them even though you don't ever That's... give them give them the time of day.
2: Don't even say
3: it. You know what I'm going to say cuz I'm correct in that Carolina is also a threat in my estimation. However, I agree. I like this division for the Blue Jackets. I think there's a lot of pluses. I think it's going to be really interesting for for people who've been around for the long haul. You know, that the Nashville rivalry at least from the Columbus perspective was a very rich one and it's, and it's different now, but, but now there's some ties between the organizations. You've got Ryan Johansson, Seth Jones, things like this. So Dan Hynode is joining the organization there. Todd Richards. So Todd Richards, that's right as well. It's been so long. I forget all these (laughs) moves, Um, but I like it. I think that this is a division where the blue jackets can control their own destiny, perhaps more than, ever before. And I love it. Honestly, I think it's great that they're in the same division as Tampa Bay, because those two teams yeah. do not like each other.
2: Right. Yeah, and it's if, personal.
3: As, as as much as we talk about Metro rivalries, and I think they will return, this is a little budding one right here, right now, in my opinion. So I like the division. I think they have a good shot, with Carolina and Tampa Bay being solid contenders.
2: Two, two other little I hear you. Two other little wrinkles here. Uh, Minnesota came into the league with the Blue Jackets. Both teams celebrating their 20th anniversary. Pretty cool that they would play a lot of games head-to-head. And it it could be, we don't know how the bubbles are going to work or if there will be bubbles. I don't think it would be a shock if these teams played just inside their division or overwhelmingly within their division to keep the massive travel from from happening because these were mostly put together geographically. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is Florida. There's a lot of Blue Jackets in Florida. Yes, there are, um, including Assistant General Manager Bill Zita, who left the Blue Jackets this off season or whatever the hell that was. Um, Bobrovsky's there, of course. Wenberg is there. I believe New Tavara is there. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, there's some interesting there. There that would be really interesting too. And I wouldn't mind setting up shop in Florida if we're allowed to <laughs> to a travel. How about it? Seven days in Florida in March. I'm in. Um, One thing here, we're talking about the Blue Jackets and their chances in that division. Uh, This is one of those things that you look at, um, I look at anyways, over the arc of this team's history. Only twice have the Blue Jackets finished higher than fourth place in their division. Wow. And that was in 2005-06 when they weren't very good, but the Central was awful. Right, um, and they finished with seventy-four points, and somehow were third in the Central. Again, the division was brutal that year. And in 2016-17, the best regular season the Blue Jackets have ever had, hundred eight points. They finished third that year. So, uh, yeah, that would be an interesting, an interesting look. Allison, would you name the divisions for just one year?
3: Um, I, I mean, look, it, well, <laughs> COVID one, two, three, and four. <laughs> I mean, yes, I would name them because you're going to have to call them something. However, there is a version of this world where the NHL fails to do that and just random organic names start popping up right. in, in the hockey world. I, I would suggest that it would be wise of the league to come up with what they would like to refer to these entities to. It helps record books, right? You're going to have to say the winner yeah. of this right. division is so and such. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but who's to say whether the names that are truly used come from the league driving that or if it just happens because people need names that make sense to them.
2: Yeah, it's like numbers on jerseys. At some point you got to have right. yeah, some point you got to have a marker. Um, all right, let's right. take a uh, short break here um, and we'll be back uh, on the other side. You're listening to Front and
0: Nationwide. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
2: All right, so Allison, that is the gist of the news uh, this week is the NHL is trying to figure out how it can come back. Uh, Again, those dates, January 1st. These are tentative, uh, but what they're working on now, January 1st for the start of training camp for teams, including the Blue Jackets that made uh, the playoffs of the bubble, however you want to look at it, and January 13th to start the season. The hope is to play 56 games, and they've reconfigured the – the divisions to make it happen one other thing we want to get to here and this is always a a um a fun topic and it's starting to come in i've resisted the urge to talk too much about this for for so long because it can change so dramatically but we are now one off season away from the seattle kraken joining the league in fact interestingly seattle has one more payment to make to the league <laughs> um and they have kept up with their payments despite this this awful downturn uh to our our world uh so but when they make that payment and it's expected to be on time they are fully fledged as a member of this team they can start of this league they can start attending board of governors meetings they can start making trades um all of this stuff comes to life but when this season ends which we're, I know we're just trying to get it started. But when this season ends, we'll start to see the Seattle Kraken emerge. I was going to say slowly emerge from the water as the mythical beast that oh my. they are. Um, but that's how they'll come to life. And, and they're, of course, going to, to um, g- gain the, the bulk load of their players through the expansion draft. Uh, if you remember back in 2017, and how could a Blue Jackets fan forget this? The Blue Jackets were in a god-awful spot. Is that the right adjective? Yes. Yeah? It,
3: it might be too kind, actually. It
2: might be too kind. Um, they had Alexander Wenberg coming off a 59-point season. They had Josh Anderson, who looked like a man-child, an emerging man-child. They had goaltender Yunus Corpusala, who they uh, figured to be a future number one in this league. As we said in our story earlier this week, eh, two out of three ain't bad. Wenberg didn't exactly pan out, but I think they were right on those other two. And e- even if you know, hindsight is our our gift and our our benefit. Sure, I think it, it's foolish to look back on that and not understand where the Blue Jackets were coming from as it related to Wenberg. I don't think anybody at that time thought that they should have kept Wenberg over Eric uh, over William Carlson. And you may be lying to yourself and others if you say that that you did. Um, but they bent over in multiple ways to keep Vegas from plucking a young, talented player off their roster. Uh, they agreed that they would take William Carlson, who everyone thought was a third-line checking center. And oh, it was a bad, it was a bad weekend from them because they had to give up so much to to spare themselves. Allison, it's nothing like that this time.
3: It's so much better and if you believe in karma here it is folks um yeah you had to pay the piper so much before and in a way i think it's it's really an asset to the blue jackets for the reason that we are seeing in my estimation such a talented front office being assembled there that also has the lessons learned now of course so do the other teams from Vegas' expansion draft, right? So there's some advantages and some really smart things that Seattle can try to do. And so I think it's really important that Columbus doesn't have to try and strike some sort of crazy deal to keep what they want this year because I think it it would be a lot harder to do with this being your uh, negotiating partner, for lack of a better term.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because, I, I, it's it, this has nothing to do with Seattle's front office because I think what they're doing has a chance to be really impressive. I just think it's going to be so much more difficult for them because a lot of teams learned lessons for sure. with Vegas um, that they are going to apply to this. I think Vegas was able to really pounce on the fact that no one had been through expansion in 20 years, which means a lot of the people in charge had never gone through it. Um, and general managers are very, very partial to their own players, and Vegas exposed that uh, in a way that I think people have wisened up. They've also had a head start to not give out so many no-move contracts um, to sort of shape their picture so that it works well uh, looking ahead to this summer. The one thing I think is really interesting is if you go back to 2017, if the Vegas Knights had come in to the league a year earlier, the Blue Jackets would not have had to protect Anderson, Wenberg, or Uh And their protected list would have been just awesome. That got moved back a year uh, from from when people thought it might actually happened and the Blue Jackets because of that extra year were really really in a bad spot you fast forward to now if if Seattle and there was talk that Seattle might join it for 2021 if Seattle came in this year Columbus would have been forced to protect Felino Dubinsky as part of their forward group and that's not something they really would want to do so As bad as, in multiple ways we can say this, as bad as it was last time, 2017, it is good for the Blue Jackets this time. Everything falls into place just perfectly. Um, Let's go through some of the names here because you can protect either seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or eight players in total, that's defensemen and forwards, and a goalie. Now, the only reason you would do that second one, eight and one, is if you have more than three defensemen you feel is, are imperative to protect. And as much as Columbus likes their defense, I don't uh, think that that applies to them. I think they are, once again, a 7-3 and one team. The best news in all of this, and there's lots of, lots again, lots of favorable news for the Blue Jackets, is their goaltending. Allison where Elvis Merzlikens does not require protection. So Seattle can't take him if they wanted to. Where Matisse Kivleniec does qualify as a player that Columbus can expose and meet its requirement. You have to to have one goalie to expose. And so Kivleniec is made available. Merzlikens is exempt and Corpusalo is protected and the Blue Jacket's goaltending position is is remains intact, no problems.
3: Yeah, I mean, and that's it, it, this is an organization that you know, going back to this kind of swell of success built from the net out, they built a strong pipeline and now they're protecting that. um it, It's a massive, massive strength. and and to get to be able to protect the two key defensemen, you know, as you mentioned, I don't think they need that third spot. Um, that really sets up this core, Nicely, particularly when you look at how this team is built right now.
2: Yeah, that's right. And Yarmo Keckline is not prone to um, emotional outbursts or even acknowledging Mm -hmm. great things that may or may not happen. His quote on this was that's a big one for us about the goalies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is. Uh, Two other things we should set up here because it really impacts both sides of the ice. Nick Foligno and David Savard will be UFAs after this season. Now, you are correct to say that the Blue Jackets could sign them to extensions uh, now, at any, from at any point now, but I, there's a reason for them not to do that. And that is, you cannot protect a UFA, and Seattle can't take them as their player from your group. Seattle can sign them and they have a 48-hour window to talk to those players before the rest of the league does. But I don't think either one of those players wants to leave Columbus. And I think Columbus can work out something with them where they mutually have agreed that they want to stay put. But let's not be in too big of a hurry to sign that contract until after the expansion draft. That way we don't have to spend... We don't have to spend one of our protectable slots on you. Now, the league doesn't like this, Allison, but that's how the league wrote the rules. And there's really no way around this. San Jose was famously uh, used this trick in 2017 with Vegas. They kept Joe Thornton. They kept Marlowe, and then signed them after the expansion draft, and it opened up slots for them to protect more players. So. So Savard, Foligno, don't be alarmed if this gets close to free agency this summer and they're not signed to extension. There's a reason they would not be. Uh, So we look at the forwards with that in mind. And here's how it goes. The Blue Jackets can protect Cam Atkinson, one, Oliver Bjorkstrand, two, Max Domi, three, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Boone Jenner, four, five, Gustav Nyquist, and Eric Robinson, six, seven. Texier, Liam Foody, Emil Bemstrom are exempt, as are all of those top prospects over in Russia. I'm not going to name them all, but all the Russians, all the Russians are exempt. So the blue jackets that would be exposed as of today are Cole Sherwood, Kevin Stenland, Nathan Gerby, Ryan McGinnis, Calvin Thurkoff, Cliff Pooh. Now, I'm not naming every possible player who'd be exposed, but those are the guys sort of on the NHL bubble, guys who have played games in Columbus who would be exposed. Now, you don't want to say goodbye to Stenlin necessarily, but again, Allison, this is a much different situation than last year, or oh, last time.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, I would suggest at the risk of drawing wrath that, you know, should this team upgrade their forward core, which we've talked about, before, if Eric Robinson becomes available, that's not debilitating to your organization either, if that's the player that Vegas picks. So, not only is it a nice setup now, but it's a nice setup should they acquire some additional talent, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see where this goes because if Yarmo does acquire help, and we think he wants to, uh, he's not, I, I can't imagine it's going to be a guy on an, ex, on an expiring contract. Um, then they've got a tough decision, like you said. Is it Robinson automatically? Right. Or is it maybe an older guy, say Nyquist? Uh, not that you, not that you would rather lose, but that Seattle might be less likely to pick. Right. 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 Because they may not want contract, and Gustav Nyquist is one of those guys too. You don't know who else they've got at left wing, or really at wing. And they may not want to pay a guy five and a half million bucks if he's not for sure going to be in their top six as an expansion team. But that's a, no matter how confusing any of that gets, it's so much better than it was last time. Um, we look on defense, and Allison, I got a little bold here. I uh, hope I didn't step out of line. I'm just assuming. We're never supposed to assume. I'm going to assume Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski will be protected by the team.
1: I
3: feel that's a safe bet, yes.
2: Thank you. Okay. Um, I think Vladislav Gavrikov makes sense as the number three. I don't know who else it would be if Savard is an expiring UFA.
3: Right.
1: Agreed.
2: So there's the Blue Jackets protecting Jones, Wierenski, and Gavrikov. Now they've got a youngster, Andrew Peek, who's going to be a lineup regular this year, we assume. He is exempt. Jake Christensen, who they are high on, Uh, signed as a free agent this year, he's exempt as is prospect Tim Burney. And I mentioned them because they're going to be in North America uh, this year, likely with AHL Cleveland whenever they get going. There are two minor leaguers, Clen Denning and Gavin Bayreuther, who are pending UFAs as well. So while they're not on the level of a Savar, they technically fall into the same category. So that leaves Dean Kukan, Gabriel Carlson, And Scott Harrington, who I can't – Scott Harrington has been here for forever. Yes. And he still has two years on his contract. (laughs) He may not play the most games, but he's going to be top 10 for longest-serving Blue Jackets.
3: Crazy.
2: Which is amazing. Anyways, Kukan Carlson Harrington exposed as defenseman. And I kind of feel the way about Kukan as I do about Robinson in terms of that's the kind of guy where if you lose him to expansion – you don't want to lose them, but it's not – you can live with that because that's what expansion is.
3: Yes, I, and look, I've always been high on that player even when he wasn't seeing regular time. But to your point, I agree, is that if everyone's going to lose something, if that's what this team is going to lose, that is not the worst outcome in the world. And and honestly, Seattle gets a good player, quite, sure. quite frankly. And, and, yeah. and that's the name of the game for them. So – there you go.
2: Yeah, so it's it's interesting, and if you're the Blue Jackets, it's really good news. Um, again, Yarmo makes a deal and acquires a player uh, with the with the long-term contract, and the science of this changes a little bit, but it's still it's exposing in that situation it's exposing Robinson or perhaps somebody else. It's not having to beg Seattle and, and throw all kinds of stuff at Seattle to get them to do this instead of that. Uh, They're kind of in the driver's seat with this. In fact, I would say as it stands right now, they're one of the NHL teams in the best position uh, to not lose much at all through expansion. So for sure, that's all good news.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. This is a family watching baseball on direct tv with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy i hope getting all these games on direct tv makes up for your mother not you chewing your sunflower seeds
0: direct tv has the most
1: mlb games visit direct claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of rsn's varies by zip code and package high speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply um Allison, anything else we need to get to
3: i mean ohio state hockey is is trying to have seasons both on the men and women's side the women unfortunately um, their opponents first the buckeyes themselves and now their opponents have experienced um, some covid related cancellations Uh, the men are 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 struggling to find their footing this is a pretty big change in their roster from last year to this but uh, those two teams are trying to keep at it so something to watch and and they're Getting a lot more airtime. If those are games that people want to check out, um, follow on Twitter. Check out Big Ten Network uh, for the men, and you can see some college hockey of local teams as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, One thing we should know, we just talked about Seattle as an expansion team in the NHL. Uh, I think a lot of people in Columbus are upset that there's not going to be uh, the big game Saturday, Ohio State-Michigan. But, in fact, there is going to be
3: a very
2: big game. Very big game. game, The MLS Cup. Yes. It is, and Columbus is back in the MLS Cup, playing the Seattle Sounders. I think the Blue Jackets are a. I, I'm by no mean a soccer, by no means a soccer expert. I think Seattle's the, well, they're the defending champion, so they're probably the favorite here. Yes, but this should be a hell of a game. It almost it's enough to make me want to put a scarf on and watch some. Watch some soccer on on Saturday. Are you in, Allison?
3: Oh, we're wa- we are already watching. We went and got our ingredients for our uh, dinner that night. We've planned it out, and I just I just think it's wonderful. You know, we everyone hopefully does know the story by now of of this fan base rallying together to save their team, and with a new stadium coming next season, this is going to be one of the final games ever played in what was the first MLS stadium in the United States and a championship at that. I just think sometimes these stories do turn out to be nice all around. And and this is one of those times.
2: Yeah. And what a, what a send off that would be for Montfrey stadium before the crew move into their opulent place downtown near nationwide next year. Uh, So best of luck to the crew, but certainly best of luck to all the crew fans, many of whom of course are also blue jackets and Ohio state fans. It's a great sporting city. Uh, be great to see another championship come home to Columbus. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will be back with you next week. Until then, take care of yourselves. Uh, thanks so much to the great uh, author of our theme music, David Cook. And thanks to our producer this week, uh, Mr. Jeff Domet, who's sitting in for Danielle for the week. We will talk to you all in a week. Take care.